clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meet scripture. Listen, I got my man Doug Rogers, aka Reed B Versus on today's show. Shout out to people, Reed. What up though? What up though? What's going on, people? Listen, man, I just wanted to, you know, not waste any time with any preliminaries or anything like that, man. Obviously it's like everybody's on quarantine right now. There's a lot of there's a lot going on right now in our world. Like I don't think anybody foresaw 220 being like this. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, I'm as I look on social media, as I talk to people, as I go to the grocery store and come back home, it's evident that people are panicking and people are worried about the future. And so, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show um, is because I think you've been one of the people that when I talk with you about this, um, whether it's one-on-one or in the group chat that we're a part of, um, you're take, you, you have a balanced approach to this. You're educating yourself, but at the same time, you always deflect back to the word, word of God. And so... Let me let me ask you, like, what? How's everything? How has things changed? Number one, how's the family doing? What what are what y'all been up to these last few weeks? How has adjust adjusting to everything been for you guys? Like every, I mean, everything's been sweet as far as you know us health wise. Um, you know, you always feel a little bit of anxiety. You hear a cough or a sneeze or, or whatever, so. You know what I mean, but as far as health wise, we all been good. We was we was we actually all caught the flu um, a couple of weeks before during my anniversary before this really got big. So right, um, almost all of us in the house were sick except for my wife and my mother in law. So uh, all the kids had it. I I ended up catching it at the end. Um, so that was right before the the COVID nineteen thing really got 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 steam. Um, how we've been adjusting is though I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of parents be, you know, they they glad to send their uh, kids to school to get a break or sometimes, but I actually value the time that I have with my children. I work um, a, a twelve hour job, sometimes sixteen hours, four or five days a week. So I'm I'm, I'm actually going a lot. So having them home, I don't know, I don't know what how my wife will answer this question, but for me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Having them home and, and being able to kick it with them is, is dope to me. Um, I really haven't, um, as far as me working, they, I'm one of those workers that they could, that they consider uh, critical um, manufacturing. I right. work at a steel mill, so I still have to go to work. So uh, for the listeners, you know, keep me in your prayers, keep my family in your prayers as we, you know, as we go out. My wife, I mean, my wife's mother, my mother-in-law actually is a, um, phlebotomist, so she works at the Beaumont Hospital, really where the first patient um, lost his life from the disease. Wow! So keep her in your prayers. Um, 
you know, we we we're out here. You know what I mean? We in right. the thick of it. So yeah, Erica, you know, my wife for the listeners, you know. She's she's still working, you know, every day because she works in the healthcare mental health field. And um, at her job, she works with brain injury clients and doing therapy and and they live on campus. It's a campus. So so every day she's going to work and, um, you know, it's been an adjustment because I'm at home every day with the boys. Now I'm working from home and I would really prefer for her to be able to be home and me go to work right. you know just right. but um you know through through this whole process man what has been like just your mindset like as thing like okay when it first hit you know because at first everybody was just chilling we had we, we were yeah. hearing a few news reports about the coronavirus but right. you know it it it, it hadn't yet showed up here in Michigan and right. you know everybody was still kind of just chilling but as the yeah. news started to break and people began to start panicking take take me through how you began to think about everything well I, I always my my approach to everything when, it's, when it comes to when I started hearing people being scared or I started seeing just consistent messages of you know fear, my automatic impulse is to go find out what's going on. You know what I mean? So right. when I first started hearing that it was getting bad, my first thing was to go look at all the evidence I could find concerning this situation. Right. You know what I mean? So Because you can't trust um, social media, you know. Well, you, can, so- you, can't, you can't trust social media. You can't trust um, uh, uh, MSM. You can't trust the mass media. Can't, you can't you 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 can really only trust what you know the word of God and the data. You know what I'm saying that you're that that is being gathered from what they're recording about um, the virus and how it's spreading and what it's doing in other countries. And so my automatic impulse is always to go re-study so I can approach a certain situation in truth. You know what I mean? Is this something that I should be alarmed about? If it is, how do I think through it? How do I protect my family? How do I remain cautious? But also have the same Christian, um, apply the same Christian hope, the same Christian worldview to whatever's going on around us. You know what I mean? So I kind of like, my my natural inclination is to always um, provide hope and um and um, an avenue to where you're not, you're not seeming like you're being bombarded with the same information from everywhere that's terrifying you. Right. So I kind of, I kind of try to approach it with a, um, a basic, um, just a, a basic overall way of looking at it balanced. So that's just the way I yeah. approach things. So, so the balance that you're talking about is, and, and I think this is so important because. One one of the things that I I hate about social media sometimes I think it's a terrible place for critical thinking. Right. <clears throat> um, it's not always conducive for for critical thinking because so many people have a platform. Um, right. And and a lot of times we're just taking in so much information 
that that a lot of and, and a lot of times a lot of people are not even reading the articles they're just reading headlines and they're yeah, just that, that, running with that's it. what's crazy to me that's what's crazy to me that the what you're what you're talking about with uh critical thinking we don't do that anymore you know we don't we don't sit back and say okay how am i going to think through this like what's the alternatives what's the and because that's really what i'm speaking about when i when i say that i kind of approach things and i and i use the data to kind of inform me and my christian worldview what i'm really talking about is thinking critically through a particular issue so you don't you you on social media everything is going so fast you know what i mean yeah media is 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 right you can something can happen in in china and in three seconds we got it on our phone you know what i mean so The, it's the, the the information the, the the headlines are coming at us rapid fire you know and what I notice about um, and we we've talked about this in the group chat you know what I mean like yeah you have to read these articles you know what I'm saying you have to read you have to slow down first of all slow down because you you're seeing things flying across your timeline you know in seconds so first just slow down breathe take some time to really read the article you know what I mean? And really figure out, is it matching the headline? Because mm-hmm. the headlines, a lot of the times, and they, they, they are being written to get people to click them. So yeah, click right date. now, <laughs> right now, fear over this disease is is widespread. So they know that if they have an enticing headline, they can get you to click it. Right. So, I mean, that's just... That's just how it works. And so and so here here's what, what I want to get at, too, because everything that you're saying is so true. But one of the biggest things that I'm taking from what you're saying is as Christians, we have to educate ourselves. But at the same time, we have to be rooted in the word of God and right. not be dominated by fear. Right. Um, and, and there has to be a balance because I see two extremes a lot of times when I look out into how people are responding to this stuff. You right. have the people who are just reacting off of every headline that they see and they're they're just dominated by fear. And then right. you have the people who are like, hey, forget, <laughs> you know. I know the virus, the virus is out there, but I'm covered in the blood. I'm, yes. you know, I'm, I'm covered by Jesus. And, and it's like, yo, like faith doesn't require us to throw away common sense. Like, yeah, well, well, both, well, both can be actually fear reactions. Right. And that's what a lot of us don't understand about that. Having this, um, this, this unbalanced way of, Applying your faith can also be a way of coping with fear. It's still fear making you do something that you might not be totally thinking through. I don't think it's I don't think it's anything wrong with having caution, you know, about a particular virus like this. Yeah. Still remaining um, cautious, doing what you know we should already be doing, washing our hands. You know what I'm saying? What we should be doing during every flu season: washing our hands, social distancing, making sure we don't get each other sick. And limiting certain aspects of our lives so we don't get other people sick because this virus is so new and we don't know what it can do yet. Um, right. That doesn't somehow negate your faith. You know what I'm saying? Like. Right. And it doesn't make you more faithful that you're not scared of it either, or you. It actually can make you reckless. So it's like 
exactly. You have, to, you have to think through these things with balance, and also, um, uh, like you said earlier, through the Word of God, because the Word of God, even though I'm telling us to be cautious, caution doesn't equate fear either. Right. So, um, um, fear is when is when you're you're actually emotionally driven by a negative outcome of something. So it's not. Yeah, and you're literally and you're literally not trusting God. You're 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 actually when you when you're fearful, it's actually self-preservation. You're trying to preserve yourself. So it's the opposite of having faith in God. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like the, the the Bible says, perfect love doesn't cast out hate. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Amen. Because when you don't when you don't uh, when you don't understand how much God loves you, that's where the fear comes from. When you don't trust right. His love for you, that's where the fear comes from. So when you see people acting out in fear, that's because they they haven't fully grasped um, the totality of how much God cares and loves them. You know what I mean? So right. Um, and I think that's powerful. And, and I would be curious to hear how you respond to this because um, I often hear people say, "Well, if God loves us." why is all of this stuff happening? Why are all of these bad things happening? And why doesn't God just eliminate evil altogether? Yeah, see, that's the, that's always the, you know, the consistent, the problem of evil argument. um, And I always, my, my response to that is, how will we know what evil is if we didn't know what good is so there's a as there's an objectivity to this yeah you know and if you have an object if you have an object good and an objective bad then who is the one who declares what's objectively good and objectively bad in other words the only reason we know something to be evil is because we know what's good and where do we get that from you can only have this overall standard um if somebody created the standard the standard right. just can't exist on its own and it can't be arbitrarily made up by us because we wouldn't be arguing over it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody had to give us this, a person right. had to give us this overall good and evil concept. And, um, and what we really appealing to is what God says, our consciousness, you know what I'm saying? So God's right. law is all is written in our hearts. So we all know that it's a good and an, e- and an evil. We all, we all know that. So we're appealing to God when we even make that statement, when we make that argument. Right. And and to add to what you're saying, because everything you're saying is, is so true. I think when people begin to ask these type of questions, like why doesn't God just eliminate all evil and things like that, they automatically assume that they're not evil. You know yes, what I'm saying? That's very true. Like, like if God, the thought that if God, um, eliminated all evil and I would still be here after he eliminated yeah. all evil suggests that I'm good in yeah. and of myself and if I'm good yeah. in and of, my, of myself I don't need Christ at all what's the purpose of Christ and so right. I I believe that God desires that all come to the knowledge of the truth. I believe that he desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Right. And I actually believe that 
I don't believe God causes um, necessarily um, the evil things that we see per se, um, which right. I believe can be debatable. But I do believe that God allows allows things like this to happen, and He yeah. uses a crisis. He uses evil um, to get people's attention because one of the things that I've been recognizing, and this is um, kind of a transition to another point within this topic is that I believe as the church, we have to view these circumstances as an opportunity. And what I mean by that, I don't, I mean that this is an opportunity to give people hope. This is an opportunity to give people Christ. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been hearing so many stories from close friends to my wife of just people at, at, in their workplaces who have begun to ask questions about God, who are saying, man, I'm, I'm praying, I'm wondering, um, you know, I need to get to church or, you know, I need to hear the word people who probably weren't necessarily even considering or thinking about God until this happened. And so I think as the church, you know, I'm even looking at the fact that, you know, a lot of churches didn't meet at the building Sunday. Right. And a lot of churches did live streams. And, you know, I just went on social media and I was going through different churches, live streams. And I'm looking at how many people are watching, how many people are watching these services. And I don't and I know not all the people that are watching the services are members or maybe not even Christians, because some of these churches are, are smaller churches where they may have only a membership of 25 or that, but, but people are, are, are looking for answers. And I think we as Christians, I think is, this is why it's so important for us to really have our hope in Christ. And one of the reasons why I hate, um, the prosperity preaching of name it and claim it, um, and all of that stuff, because in this time we're seeing that those sermons and those messages don't hold true. Right. To, to <laughs> you go know. back to, right. To go back to what you're saying about, um, about being, a, you know, having hope at this time to, to Christians should be, um, having a consistent message of hope. This is kind of why I look up all the data, you know what I mean? Right. To see where, is there any good that I can take out of this data to be able to give to people so they won't be scared? So I think that's mm. actually something that Christians should be doing. Um, right. That's why I share certain things on my uh, on my social media platforms, talking about um, what the what the how the doctors and nurses are praying. You know what I mean? It's 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 a move of faith going on in these hospitals. You know what I mean? With right. the doctors and the nurses that that happen to be Christian. You also have uh, people recovering around the world, um, and 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 more, there's more people recovering than there than there is dying. You know what I mean? Almost 70, 80 percent, eighty to eighty five percent more people are recovering than those who are dying from it. So I like to I like to um, to give these kind of numbers and these kind of t- statistics to kind of curb that fear because 
the fear of it is more is more um, damaging than the actual virus. Right. You know what I mean? So facts. And you know what? Like that, because I, I I just saw the article that you shared. I think I saw it uh, earlier this morning or yesterday, last night actually. Right. And um, one of the things that I'm noticing, you don't find many of those type of reports. No. You find no. it's like fear is ten to one. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Like that's true. And, that's and, true. And so I think this is another point. I think this what we're talking about right now as you're talking about having a balanced approach, this is all a part of us not being conformed to the world, but, right. but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Like Amen. we can't just listen to any and everything. Yeah. Well, a, a Christian, a Christian, we can't be informed by, we can't be dictated by the same things the world is dictated by. The Bible says that, 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 we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That, I Amen. mean, we we have to we have to have power. You know what I mean? We have to display love, and we have to have our wits about us. That's a sound mind. And fear disrupts all three of those things. You know what I mean? So it's like we are we are not we are not subject to that. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying this to be you know, or overly spiritual, but this is just a practical way of living. This is, this is something that I have strived in my life to, to kind of walk in, you know, like, and, and don't get me wrong. I've been fearful during yeah. these times. I just, yeah. I just had, um, uh, a guy that I went to high school with. He was in the 12th grade when I was in the ninth and he passed away from the disease. And wow. that shook me because he, I knew him. That hit he close to home. Career. Right. It was, it was, it was close to home. I had to, literally sit down pray and gather myself you know what i mean like i i had to and i asked god to give me courage and strength and he and he gave it to me you know what Man. i'm saying so it's it's not like it's not like um like i'm like i'm walking around ignorant of the fact that this is a real um virus and it's a real disease that's really taking people's lives but on the, but at the but on the same but on the other hand i'll say it that way on the other hand there is hope. There is people recovering. There is a low low mortality rate. So if I was if I was the, to allow the headlines and the fact that I have somebody that 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 died that hit 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 close to home to me, and I just allow that to dictate how I am, then what kind of Christian am I? How right. do I navigate yeah. through life? How do I take care of my family? How do I leave my wife and my children? How do I continue to go to work if I'm thinking like that? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, a we, lot of people we can't, in that right now. We can't get, like, what I love about it, you didn't get stuck there. See, no. it's, it's not that we don't feel fear. Right. Or we don't encounter the same. We don't, Every day we're tempted <laughs> with right. something. Right. You know, right. whether it's fear, lust, whatever the case may be, these emote, because we're in our flesh. Jesus said the right. spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even Jesus dealt with temptation and he right. encountered fear. Um, on the last right. episode, I talked about how Jesus dealt with stress and fear while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. But, right. but he had the prayer of not my will, but your will be done. And he yielded yeah. to the will of the Father. Um, and, and something else I want to talk about before, because I know you have to get yeah. ready to go. Um, but on a high note, one of the things, Doug... 
and and why I'm glad I have you on is because before all of this broke and you know the I feel like the Lord had been really impressing on my heart to start studying the Holy Spirit um and fellowship with the Holy Spirit um and then you know I found out you was reading the book of Acts and you know I've been reading through the book of Acts I'm almost done but we as Christians we have to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Um, we, the Bible, Jesus said, he will testify of me. Um, Jesus said, I go away, but I won't leave you helpless or comfortless, but I will give you a comforter, the spirit of truth who will lead and guide you into all truth. And he will, he, he comfort us, he comforts us, he guides us. He reminds us of who we are in Christ, because here's the thing about it. The Holy Spirit, as believers, we have the spirit of God on the inside of us. And and the and the Holy Spirit um, is like a weapon that a lot of times when we're distracted, we don't we don't unholster, Um, you know, you know what I want to I want to. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, kind of unpack this. And I had an interesting thought because you're right. I, we, we were reading Acts. We're reading it. And I'm kind of in, in the middle of Acts right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what we don't understand, and I, and I want to I want to kind of drive this point home. Like, the, God is the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Yes. He is God. And actually, right now, the Holy Spirit is the one that's controlling everything right now. He is, he yep. is the one that we we should be fellowshipping with, and who should we who we should be praying through, you know. And and I think a lot of us don't understand how important it is to really be in in fellowship with the Holy Spirit because this this person of God who is he's the one that's in control right now. Um, the Father is in heaven. The Holy, the Jesus has ascended, and He's at the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the one. He's the one that's doing the work right now. Yep. He is the one that's empowering us. He's the one that's 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 orchestrating things and bringing people to to Himself. And He's the one that's teaching and revealing all knowledge and truth. Yeah. And a lot of us, and, and I've noticed, oh, because I'm a big church history guy, and uh, and over the years we really couldn't figure out what to do with the Holy Spirit you know what I mean and he's always kind of being like I don't know the church kind of treating like the red head stepchild which is unbelievable to me right because he is literally the one we should be fellowshipping with and it, it, it just is is but I think I think that's that's because of um how the devil clouds things and makes things mucky yeah um, we kind of lose sight of what what his ministry is you have some extreme cases where we make it about um um these miracles and all that and i'm not yeah. saying this holy spirit doesn't do miracles but what i am saying is that it's more about day-to-day practical yes. fellowship with him and being in him and growing in him and letting him mold and shape you into the likeness of jesus christ and a lot of us are not really in tune with the holy spirit and that's alarming to me 
Yes. He is the one that's in control of everything right now. Yes. Um, he, when you read the when you read the book of Acts, he is the one that's dictating everything. Yes. He literally is the one that's dictating everything. So this is his age. This is his ministry, and we're not really fellowshipping with him. Yeah, and and really, <laughs> amen to everything you you said because you said so much. Because here's my concern, Doug. As I approach the Holy Spirit and I look throughout the scriptures and as I'm reading in Acts, I see that he's in control. And so as I see the power of the spirit saving people, bringing people to himself and revealing Christ and the saving grace of Jesus and the miracles and the power, I don't want to try to do this stuff on my own. Amen. <laughs> because Amen. on my own, I fall subject to fear. On my Amen. own, I fall subject to self righteousness. Because right. you can do, you can be doing something good, but have the wrong motive. But just look at, look it's, at, like even what you're saying right now about not doing it on your own. Just look at Peter, right? Yeah. Peter had denied Christ three times, and he went off and was fishing naked. You know what I mean, <laughs> Jesus appeared to him, told him to feed his sheep three times, and then he's with the 120. And when the Holy Spirit is inaugurated and falls on the 120, he is the first one that gets up and starts preaching. My goodness, you know what I mean. So it's like you can't do it on your own. You know, what I mean? you you just can't do it on your own. Yeah. Um, and and Peter is a is a is a is a is a, is a living example of that. Yeah. It's, it's like so so yielding to the spirit um and i think this is where a lot of misconceptions you have people that say hey you have to stand in a room and cry right. out for hours right. and you right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's I, i've been a part of that i've been a part of it <laughs> you got to tarry you got to tarry for the holy spirit for the holy spirit speaking tongues yeah i've been a part of it yeah and it's like yeah. man like we do we don't box the Holy Spirit up so much that we don't even understand his function for real. Right. Right. And it's like it's, the day to day. They're outward. It's, it's to me, it's fake. It's, it's outward. It's an outward show. If it, okay. If I'm, if I'm able to do that, you know what I mean? And you know, you have some churches that teach if you don't have this manifestation, manifestation of the Holy Spirit, you're not even saved. You know what I mean? So if I do that, but I'm still sleeping with every girl in the church, I'm still smoking weed, I'm still um, lying, I'm still um, lazy. Uh, If I if I if my character is not changing, but I can do that, am I safe? Right. Or is it the other way around? Is my character changing because the Holy Spirit? Is coming to give you the fruits of the spirit. It's not, he's not coming to, you know, get you to do some outward manifestation without your character changing. Right. So it's like, this is important because a lot of people are it, walking around acting like they're saved because they can do these outward things, but they're really not saved at all. They're wolves. And, and look, they're wolves and he, in sheep's clothing. And, and here's the thing about what you're saying it's because people aren't following the Bible. None, none of the things that you mention are mentioned as a fruit of the spirit. 
Facts. <laughs> like like Jesus in the in the Bible is very clear about what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is. Jesus says he will testify of me. He will Amen. glorify me. Um, Galatians 5, 22 um, through 24 talks about the fruit of the spirit. It says, but the Amen. fruit of the spirit is love, love. Joy, joy, peace, long suffering. Some of these people that claim to have the Holy Spirit, they don't have long suffering. They have some at of the all. nastiest attitudes. No patience at all. <laughs> no patience. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, meekness, temperance. Meekness. Look, meekness, like meekness is power under control. Man. You, you have power, but you control it. How many, how many of us just lash out? Man. Because we have because we know we have the ability to and nobody is gonna do nothing to us. That's not meekness. At all. You know what I mean? At all. So it's man, it's 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 unbelievable, man. But Yeah, we, we this is at the end of the day. With all of this, I'm learning that um, we as believers, especially in this time, we have to be tuned in with the Holy Spirit for two, re two, for two primary reasons. Number one, for us to keep our minds on the Lord and, and our trust in God. And number two, because the Spirit comes to give us boldness. For, for us to proclaim the gospel. The Amen. Bible says, be instant. Paul told uh, Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. Preach Amen. in season, out of season. And so we, we need the spirit to keep us grounded in our, in our personal walk with God and as well as our witness before the world. And so before you go, I want you to just share like personally what has been some scriptures or some or, or some meditation and prayer that has been really keeping you grounded specifically in this season. And I know it may be hitting everybody differently, but what's right. some things that you've been that has been really helping you and strengthening you that you can share to encourage other people? Well, it's always Matthew six, you know, that just that chapter and reading it in this context and then understanding that God is really telling you to not be anxious um, for anything. And it's, and it's not a, um, this is, this is something that, that chapter is kind of how I model my life. That's, it's not, and I want to be clear about this. Um, when God tells us to not be anxious, it's not a recommendation. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a commandment. Right. Be anxious for nothing. It's yeah, because 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 worry because worry is a is is out of comes out of fear. You're right, and this is and this is this goes back to how we were talking before. You know what I mean? When you're when you're anxious, and it is is God puts it in the context where He talks about you cannot serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. And then He goes into talking about anxiety. Is is it's because you value this world in yourself more than you value the things of God. And I know that's that can seem harsh, but if and if you but if you really look at look at it fundamentally, that's where fear and worry comes from in the life of a Christian. When you care about the things of this world, when you care about and and, and I and let me be careful when I say this too. 
Yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be, that you shouldn't think about the things of this world. That That is our, you know, my whole movement is sky dreaming. You can be no earthly, you can be no earthly good without being heavily minded, but that's, that's what it means. Right. You have to prioritize God and then you can know how to sustain your earthly things. Right. If you lift your earthly things up above God, you love one and hate the other. So when you when you're in love with the material things, when you're in love with this world, then that's where the anxiety comes from. And this is that that's man. This is something that I, that I that I this is this is something that I that I keep in my mind when I'm scared. When I and it's, so I'm not just preaching to 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 everybody in the audience. I, I'm preaching. I preach this to myself. When I when I think about the times that I've been scared or fearful or ang- or anxious. What what is it? What is it because of? It's because of something I'm thinking about me. It's something that I'm that I'm worrying about. That I'm trying to control what's going on with me. Yesterday, when I went through the uh, battle with anxiety and fear, it was because if he could die, you know what I mean, in his early forties, and I'm 37, then that means death can come to me. Man. So that's what I was. That's what I was scared of. But if but if I trust God and I know that He numbers my days, he's in control of when I live and die, then I can rest in that fact. That means that if I rest in that fact and I understand that that's what the word says, then I'm not dying tomorrow. I'm dying when he says. So I can't go into no, I can't go into a thought process of thinking that I'm about to get the disease and I'm going to die and I got it all tracked out in my mind about the, about, okay, it's going to be in two weeks because that's when I can't go there because God is the num is numbering my days. God knows when I'm going to live and when I'm going to and when I'm going to die. So I can't make that determination. And a lot of the times we fear and we struggle with anxiety is because we we love this world and we're making determinations about our future that we are in that we are simply not in control of because He is. You know what I'm saying? So this is why it's important to not fear and to, and to trust God and hang on His word. Um, right. So it's important to do that. No, I love Matthew six. I think Matthew six is super dope. Um, because it talks about the love of God for us and how much he cares for us, but it also gives us the responsibility to seek him first and and above all things. And and see, it's not, it's not that these, like you said, it's not that the things of this earth doesn't matter. But in comparison to God and and, right. and God's plan uh, for our lives and, and our purpose and calling to glorify him, these things aren't to even be compared. You know, this right. life is but a vapor, you right. know. And so, man, one of the things that's been helping me um, and, and, you know, Matthew 6 and, and Philippians 4 has been super Always dope. Philippians 4, Philippians 4 is dope. Like Paul is writing from a prison, prison, and he's encouraging and he's saying, us. Like, and he's telling us, you know, don't think on think on these things. You know, whatever, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is like, think on these. Don't don't think on that. Don't even, you know, what I mean. And he's in prison in the worst possible position he can be in, and he's telling you to think on things that's gonna keep you from being anxious. You know what I mean? So, hey, also yeah. too, real quick, because I don't want to miss this too. Because I think this is so important to what you're saying is our spiritual diet. 
something yeah. and, and I know you wouldn't bring this out because usually prayer and fasting is something that we usually, you know, keep to ourselves for the sake of mm -hmm. denying ourselves. But in, you know, in our in our small group, we've had conversations about, man, we need to be fasting more, praying mm -hmm. and fasting more like because you can you can petition God for strength. You can petition God for peace. But if you're constantly feeding yourself things mm -hmm. of the world and not denying your flesh, mm -hmm. it's like you're it's counterproductive. You <laughs> well, I think one of the things that I've learned from fasting is that is is it's empowering. Um, mm. If you can deny yourself here with the most basic necessity in life, if you can push back your plate turn off things and just spend time alone with God. You know, if you can do this, then you can pretty much do anything. You know what Man. I mean? And, it, and, it, and it's like, it, it, and you grow and care, you start to deny things, you start to deny yourself, and, you, and, and it becomes easier and easier to deny temptation or deny the instances to get angry. You know what I mean? Because a lot of us get irritable when we're fasting, but you're learning to control that. So you just you learn to have more sober mindedness and more self control when you when you're learning how to push that plate back and um and really uh, sacrifice yourself. That's because that's really what you're doing. You're really you're really putting yourself through a spiritual discipline. Yep. So you just learn an overall sense of discipline. So fasting is important, man. I don't I don't I I know. That when I, because when I first got saved, I started immediately started fasting, and I know that I I wouldn't have grown spiritually the way I did if I hadn't have been fasting. So fasting is very very important. You you need that. Yep, and, and I'll put it this way in simple terms: denying yourself is sh showing God that you desire Him. At the Facts. at the end of the day, we could say we really want God. Oh God, I love you. I want you and stuff. But if we're not willing to deny ourselves in some type of shape or form, like turn away from like cut off negative influences and stuff, like our words are empty. You know, I can't I can't go to my wife and tell her I love her and I don't do don't nothing nice for her. I don't, or, I don't sacrifice. <laughs> I don't sacrifice. Like no. faith without works is dead. And I'm not saying that y'all gotta after listening to this go on a 40 day. 40 night fast nah. like no nah, nah, that's not what man. that's not what we saying but nah. but it may be something as simple as hey instead of and I'm this is just an example it don't have to be this exactly it may be different for it may be hey instead yeah. of watching TV see, at 10 yeah, o'clock I'm gonna pray yeah let me let me say this it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like it's like what we were talking about earlier about being practical yeah with 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 the the the, the way we approach the COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a practicality. Everybody is different. You know, people have different medical issues that, are, you know, people have suffered from diabetes. So this is not, this is not a, a prescription one size fit all, but you have to figure out a way to push things away in, in your way. That's, that's, that, that shows self-sacrifice, that shows self-sacrifice. You have to figure out a way to do that. If, you want to practice discipline and you want to grow in God. That's going to look different case by case, person by person, but we all should be striving to do something um, of that effect. We, we should, we all should be.
Amen. Amen. Listen, I hope you guys, I know, because <laughs> thanks, Doug, for coming on. It's been a blessing just kicking it with you, bro. Like, I know I know you guys are going to get something from this. Make sure you guys go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests or any suggestions for future shows. If you have any questions about anything that you heard on today's show, make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture.